Hello, I am Dr. Eileen Hale, the COO of our organization, TTELT, Teaching Tips for English Language Teachers, a project of educators worldwide. And I'd like to introduce a special guest with us today, Natasha Agrawal, has been an English language teacher in the United States and New Jersey for over 15 years. So she's originally from New Delhi, India, and she has uh, presented at numerous conferences nationally and internationally. As well, she was a fellow, English language fellow in Egypt and an English language specialist in Mexico. Today, Natasha is going to talk to us about using drama and role playing to teach reading. Thanks so much for joining us today, Natasha. It's great to have you. Thank you for having me, Dr. Hale. It's uh, such a pleasure to be with you and to be chatting with you today. Yes, it's really wonderful to have you. And thanks at the end of a long day of teaching uh, for joining us. So could you just um, start by sharing how and why you got interested in this topic, specifically for helping English language learners with their reading skills? Yes. So uh, I just have to do a little, um, go back into my own background a little bit, because when I was growing up, I grew up in India and I grew up as a very shy child. And uh, when I was an undergraduate, a friend introduced me to theater. And my first reaction was, I can't do it. I'm not like you. I can't stand on stage and even speak a single word. And she said, oh, of course not. No, anybody can do it. And I was like, no, only you say that. I cannot do it. (laughs) However, you know, uh, she introduced me to the director. He gave me a little role in a play. And voila, before I knew it, I was on stage and I had to memorize all these dialogues. And the strange thing was, I had so much fun doing that and my confidence grew so much. Um, And then I did a few more plays and then I realized this is something I really enjoy and it really changed my personality. So just knowing that and having that personal experience myself, my first thing is to just push my shy students and say, go stand on stage because it's just gonna turn your life around. And I do that as much as I can with my students and I do see a difference. And the thing is they, they enjoy it so much and there's so much teamwork that comes from it. So they learn to collaborate, they learn to speak, they learn to listen. And of course they have a script in front of them. So they have to read, uh, there's no getting out of that but they enjoy doing it. And uh, that's where it comes from. And I've done it with all kinds of age groups. My youngest kids are about um, six or seven years old they love it. My oldest kids, well, I don't call them kids, but I've taught adults as well. And they have enjoyed it as well. So I just feel it's a great motivator. Um, And anything that brings energy into the classroom, I love doing things like that. So that's wonderful. (laughs) Thank you for that background. That's helpful information. So can you give us an example, like how do you actualize it in practice? Do you have a reading you take from a text that you're using or where do you start from to integrate the reading with the drama conceptually? And then how do you, like I said, actualize it? Yes. So uh, I try to keep things very simple in life and in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And especially when you're working with young children, you want to keep things very simple because it can go out of hand very quickly. You know, you need to have good management skills for that. So um, I do, uh, where I start from is I take a text that they are reading 
So it could be a book they have read. And uh, just to give an example, it could be a folktale like Three Little Pigs or The Red Riding Hood, or uh, right now I'm teaching fifth grade and we are doing the Dred Scott case, which was uh, you know, a historic case um, about slavery and we're learning about the US constitution. So learning about the constitution and slavery, these are heavy topics. But um, what I did was I, I took that story and of course it's, it's nonfiction and I created a, a, a dialogue for Dred Scott. I created dialogue for his wife, for the judge and you know, all the other people who show up in our text. And the students are just like, oh, I wanna be Dred Scott. I wanna be the wife. I wanna play the judge, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just, instead of ha- having to read a book, which sometimes they cannot connect with, you know, here's a play and they're like, yeah, 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 I wanna read this. So we did that just uh, today. And what I do is if there are particular vocabulary words, which they are finding hard, uh, And in this case, like the US Supreme Court, you know, Supreme, the word itself is a little hard to read uh, because of the spelling. So I make sure that it occurs a few different times. I make sure that Dred Scott says it himself, that his wife says it again, that the narrator says it one more time. So it's repeated and repetition helps a lot with language learners. So simple things like that, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, And how do you make sure everyone has a chance to read? Yes, so once a script is ready, uh, and I always ask for student input, I ask them, you know, what do you think this character would have said at this point? If he's going to the US Supreme Court, how do you think he's feeling? And I try to get as much input from the students as possible. Um, And once the script is ready, if I have a small group of students, I make sure that everybody reads different characters. We read it more than once, maybe two times, three times, but every time we do a reading, a different student reads a different character. So for example, if you read Dred Scott the first time, the next time you're gonna be reading the judge, the third time you're gonna be reading the narrator so that you know, you're know you not just reading your own lines, but you're reading all of them. And then at the end of the third or fourth reading, then we sort of decide who's gonna play which character. And then we try to rehearse and then do a small presentation just in the classroom. Um, it depends on your situation, if you have a stage or not. You know, I prefer to do things small and simple, so I keep it in the classroom. That's wonderful. And if um, if you don't have a like a specific script, how do you create the script from? Let's say you're working with high school age kids or young adults, an adult education program. Where would you recommend, I mean, I know it's kind of easier in some ways to have children's stories like the ones you mentioned, but if you don't have those readily available, you have a specific text you have to use, how do you integrate all of a sudden turn it into a drama for those that have specific curriculum that they're required to use, you know what I mean? Well, one thing is to ask for student input, you know, the more students are involved in it, the, the easier it becomes because then they have the buy-in that, okay, I created something, you know, I provided these words. But uh, really it's not that hard to take um, a fiction or even a nonfiction book and create it. It's just a matter of making sure that everybody has some, some dialogue that they wanna say, everybody gets a chance to speak um, and making sure that everybody in the group uh, gets kind of equity in dialogue. So there isn't one person who says a lot and then stands back. 
and you know other people yeah just just so that and and you can add and subtract give some people more lines give some people less lines uh, you know you can be in charge of that as the teacher um right. and i i think if you get used to doing it it's not that hard at all it's it's actually fun and easy to do yeah so you elicit the script from the students it's not necessarily a pre-scripted script in other words no, you no. draw the script from the reading are you yes like sometimes the pre-scripted ones are harder to use because i don't know somehow i don't enjoy them as much i guess i don't have as much buy-in you know right right create something yourself it's a lot more fun so you provide the scenario, if you will, whether you're reading some, or I mean, like a history passage from a textbook yeah. in high school yeah. history class. Yeah. And turn it into a drama script and have them create the characters, the script for the characters. Absolutely. And even if you don't create a script, as like, say you don't have that much time, uh, you just, you know, pick up the scenario and say, how do you think this character is feeling? How do you think this character is feeling? Maybe if it's four or five characters, and then say, so if you're feeling sad or if you're feeling frustrated, how would the word sound? You know, how would it come out? And let the kids show you because they're really good at that kind of thing. You know, they, they will do it, but just make it a place where they're able to express themselves and, you know, um, encourage them as much as you can. That's great. And so for an example, do you have like four to five to six students in a group and put them there? let's just say five students in a group and you're putting them in five groups within your classroom. So they're all actualizing the same script yeah. or do they have the chance to write different scripts for the same content? You know what I mean? Yes. So it can be either way. Uh, say if I create it and I could give everybody a copy and say, make changes as required. Like if there's a word you don't understand, see if there's, if you can use a different word for it, you know, um, I can do that level the script uh, or they can all do the same script. And so if you have say uh, 25 students and you have five groups of five, then everybody can be working in a group and working together. Um, yeah, and it can be quite a lot of fun, except it can go out of hand very quickly. So management <laughs> skills, rules have to be laid down before you start anything, you know? I can imagine, yes, especially with <laughs> younger children too. Yes. That's great. And then they present for each other in the classroom. At yes, the yes. Although I've had bigger productions as well, which we do in the auditorium on the stage. And then we've even done sets and costumes. Uh, so if you want to go to that level and if you have the time and resources to do that, do it. But pretend play is always fun, you know? Yeah. Just, yeah. And keeping it simple, like just using paper, uh, like when we've done fairy tales, say with younger kids, second grade, I just would take a strip of paper, you know, put it on the head and just write Cinderella, you know, no costumes, no makeup, nothing, because that becomes, you know, another layer of complication and excitement. And again, something you have to have lots of rules for. So yeah. mm -hmm, even a little sticker, you know, or if we did something like the ant and the grasshopper, then I had the ant get a red t-shirt. Okay, you're the red ant, the grasshopper gets a green t-shirt, you're the grasshopper, you know. Again, keeping it simple, yeah. Yeah, that's great. And you've had, can you tell us just how the success uh, has been for you in your classrooms? And like you said, it really motivates your students. Do you wanna just share, yeah. share some anecdotes? Yes, and so when my kids come to see me, some, so because I have elementary school students, 
And, you know, they grow up, go to middle school, high school, and often they'll come back either to meet a teacher or to pick up a younger sibling. And they say, you know what I remember about being in your class? When I dressed up as Cinderella or when I dressed up as the grasshopper, or remember when we did Pocahontas and I had a, a feather in my, you know, that's the high point of their memory. So it's very, it's, it's nice that they remember that. Yeah, that's wonderful to be remembered yeah. that way. <laughs> Certain teachers always stick out in our memory, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> One way to really bring the class to life and motivate the students to engage. Yes. And as you mentioned, you feel like it really um, elicits their speaking skills and exactly. increases their desire to read even. Yes, yes. And they have to listen as well, you know, because we don't often emphasize listening as much, I feel, in the classroom. But here you have to listen to the earlier uh, actor or the character before you say your own lines. So again, you know, listening becomes um, much sharper because you're waiting to figure out when is my line coming up, you know. Right, so that's a good point. Yeah, definitely. And then listening to each other, see how people perform it differently in the different groups, right? I imagine. That's yes, fun. and that creates teamwork as well, because some teams work better together, some don't, you know, some fall apart because they're like, I don't want to work with this one or that one or <laughs> so. So that's a lesson in itself too. that kind of collaboration. Right. And have fun, make the class and learning fun, right? Yes. yes. Great. So Thank you so much, Natasha. So just a quick summary of Natasha's tips for us to use role play and drama in order to enhance reading in your classroom. She talked about keeping it simple, creating the script with student input, mm -hmm. adding desired vocabulary more than once. Repetition helps a lot for reading, having students read the script several times, uh, but changing roles. So all the students get the chance to read different lines of the script. Mm -hmm giving students each a chance to read the character's lines, as I mentioned, ask how characters are feeling at different points of the story, demonstrate how voices can show emotion, mm -hmm. students can present the play in a classroom and or on a stage or in the auditorium for the larger school body, and keeping the props and costumes simple. If you want to elaborate, you can add more, but make it easy and simple for everyone, just most of all, so you have fun. Yes. Anything else you'd like to add, Natasha, as a closing summary for our teachers out there that might integrate this into their classroom? Yes. Uh, so once I was doing a project on pollution, on plastic pollution in particular, and how, you know, all those plastic bags are going into the ocean and we were studying uh, marine animals. And uh, at that time, there was a lot of um, animals in the news because they had swallowed all these plastic bags, you know, and they were right. pulling out whales like a couple of years ago. And uh, we were studying this, we were, you know, um, brainstorming ideas on how we could reduce this, how we can reduce plastic use, et cetera. Um, and we were gonna do a presentation for the parents, like a PowerPoint presentation. And one of the girls said, oh no, Miss A, why don't we just do a play? And I said, <laughs> <laughs> how are we gonna do a play? And she said, oh, we can write it. So really they took it, they took the responsibility. One student became the whale he stuffed a lot of plastic bags in his jacket. And mm -hmm. then, you know, he became <laughs> the whale that was out of the ocean. Two children were playing on by on the beach. They saw this whale. And then they started to pull all these plastic bags out of his jacket, you know, and <laughs> made the point, like, this is what's happening to the marine animals. And then 
the student who was the whale sort of sat up and said, please don't throw all these plastic bags. I, I swallow them because I think it's food. And, you know, so it, it was very effective, much more effective than creating a PowerPoint and talking to the parents with that. So I just feel it's something that my students have gotten so used to that they're like, oh, can we just do this? Look, we know how to do this now, <laughs> you know? It's, it's That's wonderful. It's they adopted yeah, I could just sit back and watch them and they said, oh, yeah, we can do this. Don't worry. We got this. <laughs> <laughs> That's the ideal end of your teaching, right? When they take it on and have ownership yeah, of themselves. Absolutely. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much, not only for sharing your expertise, but sharing great anecdotes from your classroom. And I hope this will be useful for teachers globally that can integrate the drama into their classrooms to enhance their reading listening and writing skills, all of the above, right? <laughs> really, yeah, absolutely. If um, anyone would like to follow up or get in touch with you, would you mind sharing your email or any other way to get in touch with you? No, of course not, should I? Okay, so my email is Natasha, N-A-T-A-S-H-A dot, my last name, Agarwal, A-G-R-A-W-A-L, the, and the number nine, at gmail.com so, natasha.agarwal9 at gmail.com great thank you so much natasha for your time at the end of a long day <laughs> and I hope we appreciate you joining us today and sharing your knowledge and expertise with us thank you it's been wonderful chatting with you at either 8 a.m or 12 noon utc minus five time zone we will be having our regular ttelt talks when we discuss education topics that are most important to you as teachers. So please register ahead of time. We're doing this um, one week early this month due to the Christmas holiday on December 25th in the United States. So again, this is Saturday, December 18th for TTELT Talks. And follow us on our website, ttelt.org for prior and new upcoming podcasts, our Facebook, TTELT group, Instagram at t.ttelt, and Twitter at ttelt1. Thanks for joining us today. Mm -hmm.